Welcome to the Healing Business Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Boulay, aka The Abundant Healer. I'm here to support the healers of the world, the coaches, the authors, the spiritual entrepreneurs, the spiritual teachers and mentors. I'm here to help you elevate your message, reach more people and receive abundantly in return. In this podcast, you can expect to receive wisdom, resources, meditations, and interviews that will help you gain inspiration, creativity, to really elevate the impact you have and how you can step into that receivership and power for the services you offer. I look forward to hearing how you find this episode, so please feel free to reach out, give feedback, and share on social media or with your friends and family. And don't forget to hit subscribe. I look forward to hearing from you on the other side. Okay, so welcome. Thank you for those of you listening. Um, wonderful to have you here. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Healing Business Podcast. And today I have a beautiful guest with us, the gorgeous Natasha, who's going to be telling us a little bit more about her and what she does and how you can get in contact if you want to find out more and make the most of her services. So, Natasha, can I pass over to you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what do you do? What do you offer? Absolutely. So hello, everyone. I'm Natasha. Um, I'm recognized as psychic medium Natasha in the industry. Um, I am a intuitive reader and I'm also a certified Reiki healer. Um, I love teaching. I really love focusing on the healing and transformation with my clients and my students. I just find that within my work, I just enjoy demystifying spirituality and healing so that others can basically come into their empowered selves so that they may share their gifts with the world. So that's pretty much what I'm about as an intuitive and mystic and healer. That's sort of like the lens I use to kind of assist others as well as collaborating with spirit. Um, and I just love going deep. I love going deep into the root wounds and helping others come into like bringing those shadows to light. I find that's really the hardest for most people. I can do like simple readings here and there, but I really enjoy helping people be able to, I guess, master themselves. Cause I find that that's truly where my passion lies is helping others just become their best selves so that they can just share, you know, their divine purpose or their gifts. And it just leads from there. So that's pretty much what I like to do within my services or my classes or um, eventually my shop. So yes. Wow. And I love how you explain that. I think that's beautiful that going into the wound rather than that kind of surface level. And I can completely I completely relate to that. I love to go deep with people, right? Because that's when you see the real transformation. Um, but I would love to know, you know, what brought you into this? What what was your journey into this world? Because it's it's quite niche, right? So I would love to hear what what brought you here? It's so wild because I really feel like my journey started very early. I truly discovered my gifts when I was just a little girl. I was seven. And 
I wasn't necessarily trying to become this role. I w- at the time, I was just more so necessarily trying to come into like the clarity or just get the answers of why am I experiencing certain things that no one's talking about? And I just went through that journey of just discovering my own gifts, connecting with my own spirit guides. And it just led to, you know what? I can't run from this. This is who I am. So I decided, well, if this is who I am, then let me try to, I guess, master this or truly develop this and just trust where this may come. And I realized over time that my gifts were very well suited to not only connecting with others, but helping them through their own journeys. At the time, I didn't really know that. I was just more so experiencing so much. Wow. And I'm just I'm just imagining what that must be like at seven, though, to start realizing that perhaps you're experiencing the world in a different way. And did you, like, my first question that comes to mind is, like, did you have that support around you as a seven-year-old to go, this is what it is? Yeah, um, I did not, honestly. And for a long time, I actually used to cry myself to sleep about that for several years. And um, I was very lucky to be supported by my spirit, by my spirit guide team. But of course, as a human, you would like to have other humans to relate to. And at the time, um, I just didn't have that. So I was truly relying on my intuition and my discernment and with what spirit was providing for me, where I was also still developing as a person and had no, so it was very wild. I pretty much had to go through that journey alone, which is what I feel like drives me to kind of be that teacher or guide or just assistance for others, because I did not have that. And I wanted that. And I didn't know that through the journey, I would become basically what I needed. And now I can be that for others. And what I have witnessed and experienced for myself, I can also recognize in others, but it was a very lonely and heavy journey. Absolutely. With a lot of ups and downs, of course. And did you at that time, like even tell people around you that this is what you're experiencing or I'm just wondering as a seven-year-old how, like, I just think it's amazing that you dealt with that. Um, And I'm wondering, yeah. Honestly, I I remember at the time I actually was, I was very logical, but I was very much in tune with my intuition. And I do remember the thoughts coming to my mind. I was like, you know, while I'm kind of going through this, maybe I should just hold back in case I am crazy. Like I legit said that to myself thinking, let me just not get anyone into my mess in case I'm wrong or or if I'm, you know, really like losing my mind here. But as I got through the journey, I realized, no, this is completely real. And then I realized the more I was kind of going through the journey, the less people could actually relate to you because a lot of people are just not aware of themselves, let alone present to really receive or pick up on these things. Yeah, and I can, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'm wondering, as you, when you were talking about your spirit guides and your spirit guide team, that younger version of you, did she know that's what it was? Or is that that language that's come since you've been on the journey? Or how did you see that initially? 
So I did meet them all at once. At the time, I didn't really know exactly what they were, but I definitely understood that they were not malicious in nature because they would give me a certain vibe or vibration where I did feel safe. I didn't have no anxiety, but they would also give me specific details or guidance where if I didn't necessarily follow through, I would kind of have like some repercussions because (laughs) I wasn't following suit to what spirit was providing for me. So over time, I kind of got deeper into my mediumship and got more developed in my skills where I could ask more questions. And I definitely did. And I just wanted to know everything. But at the time, it wasn't actually scary for me. It was just so exciting. I was very new I was like I feel like I'm in like I feel like I'm dealing with magic and all this stuff and I just feel like other people are just not in tune with this magical world but um I just pretty much kept it to myself for a long time and just tried to I guess appear to others that I was like them but I would just use my my empath and intuitiveness to kind of read what they wanted me to be. And I would play that character. And it was very depressing for a while because it, I was just people pleasing and also trying to shrink myself down for my safety because I didn't feel, I guess, comfortable being seen and heard as myself. So I just avoided that for a while in the beginning of my journey. Wow. And as you say that, yeah, my heart breaks a little bit thinking of that seven-year-old child that had to pretend she was less than she was or pretend she was something else than she was. Um, But I'm also a firm believer in those challenges are a blessing in a way, right? They give us something. And like you say, without that, who knows whether you'd be in the position to be supporting other people through that because I imagine that's been a bit of a driving factor for you right to yes it's it's just I remember the pain and the loneliest and the overwhelmed and being confused and I just feel like that is just my fire to just help others especially with nowadays it kind of be more mainstream a lot of people like there is information out there but some people don't know if it's credible or if it's right or what and I'm just like here I just I'm I'm gonna make it very simple for you to understand and you can choose from your own discernment intuition if that resonates or if you want to go with that but I just pretty much leave it in that way because it's just I feel like it's a lot when you're doing by yourself, but when you have support, it definitely makes it different for you to just kind of handle your own footing and to just go about like to keep striving on. But I absolutely did not have that besides my spirit guide team. And so when your gift started to like, you started to become aware of them, I suppose, what sort of things were you experiencing? What sort of things would happen? So in the beginning, when I become aware of my gifts, I was having a lot of first, first, it was deja vu dreams. My first, it was clairvoyance. It was started as deja vu. And then it developed to me seeing auras awake. I could, I could visually see them. Then I could visually see spirits. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I started being able to hear them. And eventually I started to be able to, so at the time, I felt like I was almost doing homework. Like I would master one gift and I would get another. And, and, and I know that sounds kind of magical, but during the actual journey, I actually hated it because I was like, why am I doing so much? And I, I feel like it's like, here's extra credit. 
is extra credit. And I'm like, why am I going through so much? And I had no idea at the time. It's because I was really developing all of my senses. I was completely open to it and fully ready. But at the time, it was just so overwhelming because that's a lot of energy and information to process, let alone for you to interpret you know, so it it felt like a lot at the time, but I, it just developed from my clairvoyance, from my intuitive sight to hearing, to connecting with spirits, and then eventually astral travel. Um, up in, and that was around the time when I was uh, ten to twelve is when I got into my astral travel, and that was when I feel like it got more intense for me. Yeah, because like. As someone that's experienced astral travel, I'm very aware that that can be um, disconcerting or like it can also leave you feeling quite anxious, right? Because you're physically leaving that that body sphere. And I'm just in a a bit of awe, if I'm honest, thinking about this child that's negotiating these really challenging things, even when you do have support. I mean, I wonder what was going through your head as you were starting to, and sorry, did you say you hear spirit or do you see spirit? How does that work? Like spirits, I'm so for me, passed over. Yeah, so I can see and hear and also choose the channel if because it's sort of like a consensual thing within both me and spirit, but I can do all three. And at the time, um, I could just see and hear them. I wasn't quite comfortable with channeling until I got in my teenage years. And did you know what that was? Like, did you intuitively know that was someone that had passed over? Or did what did you think that was? Um, well, I would talk to them. Like, I would have straight up conversation. I was like, who are you? What's your intentions? And based on what they said, I like almost as if it was a statement, I could tell if it was like a lie or not, because it would feel like resistance or heavy in my body or an energy. So I could tell like, oh, no, there's something off or there's something more to this or it's a no. Um, so I, I would just fully, uh, you know, pretty much like engage and just see how energy responded or how my, you know, and went from that. But yeah, it was pretty wild. Like when I look back at it and hear it out loud, like I know my journey, but when I'm speaking to you, I'm like, oh, wow. Like I have a six-year-old now and I'm just thinking like, can only imagine her going through these things, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, as a mom of three, I'm thinking, oh my God, if my babies felt like that on their own, experiencing all of that, that's a lot. And when the spirits would come to you, did it, would they come with a purpose or was it because you were there to like you were available to talk or was there ever anything they wanted you to do what how would that work so in the beginning it was the way I remember it was that it was almost like my I guess energy was like a beacon in the spirit world is how kind of my spirit guides described it to me is that it looks like I'm like legit a lamp in like a dark room and spirits can feel and see that presence and they would go towards it thinking oh there's something open here and sometimes they would just investigate be like oh wow look at this intuitive child sometimes they would just like you know uh I guess just be curious they wouldn't really interact with me but I would see them and they used to freak me out because I was like oh I'm trying to go to sleep I'm I can see you guys over my bed <laughs> um yeah yeah and 
that was going to be my next question. Like, would there be like a rhyme or reason to when they would turn up or was it just any time or like when, when would that happen? So in the beginning, it would be all the time because I did not understand spiritual hygiene, which was, you know, of course, protecting your energy, cleansing, grounding, replenishing yourself. I had no idea about that until astral travel. Um, And so at the time, because I was just so open, yeah, they would just be coming to me all the time, all hours of the day and night. And I would just have to try to act like I either didn't see them or be like, hey, not right now or whatever. Um, Once I hit, once I started learning astral travel, that's when I understood the significance of protecting yourself and cleansing because that's actually where I started to experience a lot of um, attacks, actually. Um, I would astral travel in my sleep naturally without actually making the intention. That's how I discovered it because I'm like, oh, wow, this is happening. I would have lucid dreams, but it took it the next step further with astral travel. And I would actually see myself floating above my bed. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not dead. She's breathing. So... I guess let's explore. And as I was exploring, I would feel like this. It almost felt like I was choking, like I couldn't breathe. And I would instinctively knew something was either trying to go into my body or interrupt me or something with my body. So then I would intuitively go back into my body. But some nights it would be like a battle of dominance over my body. And that's when I knew, okay. This is happening back to back to back. And it actually went on for four years, that battle. And because I, I was learning as I went, essentially, of, oh, this is how you protect yourself. This is what you should do to prep and all this stuff. So that was very scary. That was very almost traumatizing. But it, it was through that horrible experience I learned how to protect myself from these instances happening. And um, what do you see those? Think, like what would that have been that was trying to attack you what like as someone that's so, a bit naive around that so at the time I didn't know this but I um what ha- what was happening was my father actually had his own demonic attachments I had no idea at the time um and basically they saw me as this opportunity of hey if we keep attacking her we could try to defer her from her destiny of helping others and stuff. Cause I like, is basically what it was. I didn't know that at the time, but they were in the house and they were attached to my father, but they saw like, Oh, Hey, this is a chance we could try to cause more damage within this bloodline and stuff like that. So I was getting attacked by these specifically two demons. Um, and they were working very hard to try to break down my will or to try to, um, you know, like feed off of us as a family by turning on each other or triggering us within our own wounds or emotions. Um, but specifically at nighttime, when I would leave my body, that was like their favorite time to really like go after me because I guess that was like an easy opportunity for them, because especially because I was still learning everything. Yeah. And is someone that hasn't, like, I mean, is the way you're explaining demons, is that like in the Christian sense? Like, for people that haven't heard this language before, how would you explain that? I would say this is a malicious entity um, that 
basically wants to cause harm to actual human beings by just causing not only harm to that specific human, but just to cause as much hurt and possible from that human spreading that across others. And I feel that this is a spirit that was never incarnated as human. I feel that they definitely hate humans um, and they just uh, want to sabotage our rising in consciousness. And they do this by um, attacking us at our most vulnerable is what I gathered from that. Okay. And if you had mentors along this journey, or has all of this been like what you've established from your spirit guides and your experiences, or is there have been like people that have helped you along this to to help navigate this journey. I mean, it sounds like I'm listening to you thinking, wow, just as a child, I cannot imagine experiencing so much. Um, so did you manage to get support later on in the journey? How did that work? So when I was around 11, I met this older woman and thank goodness, like it sounds sketchy, but I truly believe she was sent by spirit to me. She was an older woman. She was in her 30s named Shelly. She was, I still consider her my first ever mentor because she actually taught me how to channel my spirit guides. It's interesting because looking back on it now, she didn't really have faith in herself to do that, but she saw the capability within me. And she would just basically, she would basically just, you know, say, have the intention to connect with your guides. You know what they feel like now and just talk to them and see what comes to you or how your body responds. And sometimes she would hear them too. So at the time I would rely on her to kind of channel them for me. But as I kind of felt safe, like I guess more safe because I had that support I eventually felt comfortable to hear my own and then eventually I would hear hers and I actually got better than her at some point when she eventually relied on me and this was all within the course of one year so by the time I was 12 she was fully like depending on me like we were pretty much we would call each other just having these channeling sessions um essentially yeah and I would of course update her on like what was happening in my life because at the time I didn't really have a lot of people to talk to about that so she was like my go-to person um but she eventually played her part and we kind of drifted apart as spirit will do once you've played your roles absolutely fabulous and so when you're working with other people then yeah and I love this you mentioned about you know, helping people find their power. I think that's such a, a beautiful, um, and so it, that's what it's really about, right? That's what healing is really about, is helping people find their own power. But how do you love to do that? What might a session with you look like? What what sort of things might people experience depending on what they signed up for, I suppose? Yeah, so I do have different kinds of like readings for people that want to go into specific areas or have specific intentions like psychic or mediumship or oracle cards or um, reading your aura. But typically, somebody would book a session. And the first thing I would ask them is, hey, if you have any intentions or questions or concerns, anything specific you would like me to focus on, please let me know so I could address them for you. Otherwise, I will just be focusing on your name and your energy 
strategy to see what intuitive downloads may come in that way. Unless it's like mediumship, then I'll focus on their name, but also tune in on their spirit guide team to kind of get that um, downloads from, from that. Um, and then from there, I'll just go deep either into the specifics or I will just allow me to receive downloads from um, spirit. And I always make um, an intention before I have the session where I'm praying to the higher self of that client and praying to, and praying to the spirit guide team and ancestors and soul family of that client saying if there's anything that they need to be aware of. Um, please let me receive, please let me have access just so I may truly deliver that for that client. And just so I can just help them solely receive what they truly need um, within this moment that would best help them. And this is typically what it is. So that's how that typically goes, unless it's like a Reiki session, then I go into their energy and target specific blockages and maybe clear some things out. But that's typically how that goes. It sounds awesome. I can imagine like there's so many people in listening now thinking, I so want to book in for that. I mean, it sounds fascinating. Um, and I was thinking about your, so your journey where, you know, you're experiencing all, it's so much. And, you know, as a child, you had to keep most of that to yourself because, like you say, that voice that's like, oh, what if I am crazy? Who knows? You know, I've, I've got to try and figure this out the best I can first. When did you start telling people? When did you start saying, this is who I am? This is the real me and this is what I experience and this is, you know, the levels of reality that I can see or the levels of consciousness that I have access to. When did you start being open about that with people? I, honestly, I believe it was after high school. Um, I essentially moved out my mom's house, um, and I was just on my own and I just felt at that point, I was like, well, who am I trying to pretend for? I was like, this is literally the beginning of my life. Um, I'm going to just at least, you know, tell a few people to start off with. And, um, it just went from there. Um, I wasn't fully like out of the closet, like posting on social media or like, you know, this yelling it to the heavens or whatever. But I started gradual with just trusting maybe like my close friends at the time, my best friends. And then they were like, oh, really? How come you never said that? You know, and I was just like, I just didn't I just didn't feel comfortable sharing or I thought maybe you would see me differently. But I turned turns out the time that a lot of people just, I guess, found it fascinating, which I was like, oh, really? I thought you would think I'm totally weird or like <laughs> crazy or like a freak or something. But a lot of people think it's fascinating so I'm like okay cool <laughs> so when did that change from I'm telling a few people and I feel safe to do that to here I am here's my service I'm offering this out to the world what was that what was the turning point for that what, what brought that on so the turning point for me was um I I at first I started actually at, at some point after 18, I actually started to do free readings for people because I actually just felt called to do readings for people. And I didn't think it would actually become anything. Um, I would just basically join like these Facebook groups and that were looking for readers. And, and I would be like, oh, I'll, I'll comment under this post. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like, can I book with you? And I'm like, oh, gosh, well, uh, I guess I could set up a PayPal or a cash app or something. But it wasn't really until... Um, I had my daughter 
at this time she was like two years old and my best friend uh she moved out the neighborhood and i was completely heartbroken and at that point i was thinking you know what my little girl is you know is is, is a toddler about to be a toddler um you know, everyone at this point in their life, you know, in your early 20s, they're starting to think about their career, starting to go for that. And I was thinking, you know, I was like, I thought about the sh- the safe option, and that doesn't feel good to me. And I was like, I'm a really good worker, but do I want to be someone else's soldier? You know what I mean? And I thought about myself, I was thinking, well, what feels natural to me that I'm really good at and I and all I could think at the time was my gifts they're so a part of me I can't imagine me not doing like you know using them so I was like you know what I'll just make a little Facebook page and just see where it goes that's literally how it started like from the heartbreak of my friend leaving and just thinking you know I need to make something with myself but what do I think that would even be like what what would that feel like and without thinking logically I just took the chance and it just grew and grew and then I decided um to eventually make it full time because after the after a certain point I was like you know what I'm matching my paychecks at my like matrix jobs and I'm like you know what if I if I'm doing this just as a side hustle and I'm matching my paychecks let me stop this safe job and pursue this full time and then I eventually went for my LLC yeah well that's fabulous and it's amazing how much bravery that takes right to go oh my god I'm letting go of the safe option and I'm gonna do this thing and what would you say to other people that are in that position where they're, they know they've got gifts, right? They know they've got talents. They know they've got something within them that's calling them to share and help and support other people. But that safe option is keeping them stuck. You know, what advice would you give to people out there? I honestly love this question. Um, honestly, I feel like if you have a dream or a passion, it's genuinely for no reason. It's truly, it's truly the sign that you have the capability and the power to make it happen. But a lot of people don't want to uh, take that risk that they believe is a risk because, you know, we are taught basically like some type of framework on what life should be. And I quickly realized, I was like, you know what? I've seen people do the safe option. I've seen people do it the right way, quote unquote. And, you know, they still didn't, it still didn't happen for them. They're still, you know, in poverty or they're still fighting the same battles, recycling the same experiences. And I was like, the only people that don't keep running the same loop is the ones that are willing to take the potential or to have that leap of faith. And I was like, you know what? I'm smart, I have the common sense, and I have a damn good intuition. So I'm going to take this chance. And that's basically what I did. I love that. And I love that you had the self-belief to do it, because I think that can be a real barrier for a lot of people that have, you know, perhaps been told by others or, you know, perhaps didn't fit into the mainstream schooling system or didn't fit into you know, the mainstream work environment and so have put themselves into a box of not enough. But actually, I I completely agree that you can make it work, right? And, you know, I'm I'm in a similar position to you where, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm making more money than when I was in (laughs) in my job and I was in a good job. So it was, you know, it's it. I think you get to that point where 
you just want to say to people, look, do you know what? You can do this. It's easy. You can do it. Come on, <laughs> you know, leave the matrix. <laughs> but um, getting people to have the courage to do that can be, uh, yeah, really challenging. But thank you so much for talking with us today. If people want to find out more about you, more about your offers, book in for a call, how do they go about that? Yes. So you can, of course, go to my website, which is www.psychicmediumnatasha.com. Very simple. Um, I also have my social media. It's all literally at Psychic Medium Natasha. Besides my Facebook page, that will be Psychic Medium Natasha LLC. Everything else is just at Psychic Medium Natasha, whether that's Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest. That's the way to find me. Fabulous. And we will put the links in the show notes so people can just click straight from there. But thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I feel like I could, you know, take up your whole day (laughs) finding out more about you and what you do. But for now, thank you so much. And perhaps we can have you back on the podcast at a later date so we can dive in deeper into, into more about what you do. All right. Well, thank you for having me. It was truly fun. And uh, I hope you all listeners take the chance to really be present within yourselves and truly allow yourself to just be with your thoughts and feelings so that whatever is within you that you're holding in, that you're internalizing or suppressing has the space to come up to the surface for you to be in your awareness, to either release or heal, transmute, forgive, accept whatever form that takes, because wherever you are in your journey, it's not by mistake, but a lot of us are just so stuck on the expectation on what we want for ourselves that we're not really allowing ourselves to flow through the preparation of where spirit may be guiding us. And I really hope that you all take that moment within yourselves, just tune in with yourselves to get out of your head into your body and to just trust yourself because we are literally programmed and conditioned to not trust ourselves, to look outward. And that goes against our nature as spiritual beings. We have a vessel but that's not who we are. This We are truly souls having a human experience. And some of us are so much looking at the small lens of, of the human experience that we're not looking at it as the big whole of what this looks like for our own soul evolution journey. So thank you all for listening and having me. And what a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much, lovely. And um, yeah, for those of you listening, I look forward to seeing you next week for another episode. thank you for joining me for today's episode i so hope you got value and inspiration to take forward into your business if there's anything you want to share with me i would love to hear from you so please feel free to reach out and if you want to support me if you could leave a review subscribe share with your friends that would be fabulous In the meantime, you can find out more about me and what I do at my website. Link is in the show notes. Otherwise, I will see you soon. Take care.